Do you find it difficult to be content? Do you find yourself always wanting more or jealous of what someone else has or the grass is greener syndrome? So the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be content and we find surprising satisfaction when we are today on Hot Topics. This is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. The comment section is open below. We'd love to hear from you. Is being content really possible? The Bible gives us some direction on how we are to handle things when we are covetousness, when we are jealous. So let's look at seven things the Bible tells us about being content. The first thing is that we have to learn how to be content. And this is from Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Paul is in prison. He is waiting to go on trial in front of Nero. His life is at stake. He's writing to the Philippians. The Philippians themselves are going through all kinds of difficulties. And Paul writes this to them as he begins to wrap the letter up. This is Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to abase and I know how to abound. Everyone and in all things I have learned both to be full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Note that he said, I learned how to abound and be abased. Basically he's saying, I've learned how to live my life having things and I've learned how to live my life not having anything. These things don't come natural. Oftentimes when people have a lot of stuff, we see them from our perspective and we think they must be really happy and they must have it together, but their life is imploding. You have to learn how to be able to be successful. Charles Swindoll said one time, for every one man who can't handle failure, there are a hundred men who can't handle success. We have to learn how to succeed and we have to learn how to fail. We have to learn how to abound and we have to learn how to be content. That may take a little while, but we'll be able to get where Paul is where he says, I have learned these things. The second thing the Bible tells us about contentment is that it's possible for us to be content even if we don't have because Jesus is with us. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you have, you got an old ratty car, you live in a house that's barely held together, Jesus is with you. What is a new car gonna do? Jesus plus a new car. Jesus plus a new house. Jesus plus a lot of money. What does all of those things add beyond what you have in Jesus. No wonder the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be content because Jesus is with us. The third thing the Bible tells us about being content is that there are teachers that tell us that God wants us rich. These are, are supposedly Christian teachers who are teaching us that if we know God and love him and follow him, that God's gonna give more stuff to us. And they give us little clues on how we can get more. The problem is that the Bible teaches us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and that we're not supposed to live for mammon, that's wealth. We're to use the mammon of this world to make friends for the kingdom of heaven. 
Listen to what it says if you find yourself in a church under a pastor that's teaching you that you're supposed to be rich. This is 1 Timothy 6, verse 7 and 8. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. When you love Jesus and are godly, they're teaching you're going to get more money. He, the, the Bible says when you love God and you're godly, that with contentment, there's great gain. It goes on to say, for we brought nothing into this world and is certain we will take nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we should be content. That's not very much, food and clothing. But because we can't take anything with us, what's going to happen to all your stuff when you go? The fourth thing the Bible tells us about contentment is a verse that is often taken out of context. It's on plaques. It's on bumper stickers. There are people who use it for all kinds of great things. And it is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it seems like such an encouraging verse for what you're facing and great things that you can do. But when you put it in context, you find out that Paul's talking about contentment. It's where he says, I've learned to abound and I've learned to abase. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, when you're suffering, when the things are going difficult, that's when you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not that the other isn't true. It's just not used in context. When you get it back in context, to me, it becomes even more powerful. When we go down a road we don't want to go down, when we find ourselves facing difficulties, that we would say to ourselves, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, even this. The fifth thing that the Bible tells us about being content is that if we will spend our time doing the things of the kingdom of God, rather than doing things for ourselves, that God will take care of us. It's a win-win. If we're about his business, he'll be about our business. This is Matthew 6, and it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. The all of these things there are what you eat, what you drink, and what you wear. I've often said, I'd like God to throw in shelter there. Nevertheless, With food and clothing, we should be content. The sixth thing the Bible tells us about being content is that the struggles that we go through here or when we don't have things here, it doesn't mean anything because there is such a great glory that is to come. Listen to what it says in Romans 8.18. For I consider the suffering of this present time not to be worthy to be compared of the glory which shall be revealed in us. What a great promise. And if you're finding yourselves in the midst of struggling, if you're finding yourself disappointed about the way your life's going, or you don't think you have enough stuff, Romans 8.18 is for you. The final and seventh thing the Bible tells us comes from Job. And sooner or later, we kind of had to figure we'd be coming around to him because he had everything taken away from him. And when he had everything and he had a lot and it was taken away, he was still content. In fact, his response is amazing. This is Job 1, 21 and 22. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshiped. This is after he lost everything, including his children. No wonder he tore his clothes. But he fell on the ground and he worshiped. And he said, naked I have come from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of these things, Job did not sin nor charge God with any wrong. What a great heart and what a great attitude. The truth is that every life is going to have struggles and difficulties. And many lives are going to have really good things and are going to have areas and times when they abound. And no matter what happens, whether we abound or abase, we should learn how to be content so that God could be glorified. Let me give you three thoughts in closing. Number one, the only way to be content is to learn by going through it. You have to experience it. It's that way with a lot of things. They say the best way to learn how to swim is to toss someone in the water. You might want to be there to help them if they start to drown, but toss them in the water. And God seems to kind of throw us in the water, as it were. And we go through it for a little while until we finally learn. I don't need that. When I say I need that, I don't really need it. We use that word flippantly. There are a lot of things we say I need. I need a cup of coffee. I need a new car. I don't really need a cup of coffee and I don't really need a new car. And there are a lot of ways in which we can learn how to be content by going through it. Number two, rejoicing in contentment. And Paul did this in chapter four in Philippians comes from a relationship with Christ. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering and the fact that Jesus is with you in everything. So draw close to him. James tells us, draw near to Christ and he will draw near to you. If there's anything standing in the way, unconfessed, unrepentant sin, get rid of it because contentment comes out of a relationship with Christ. Number three, the scriptures are full of tips on how we are supposed to live that give us richness. In fact, the Bible says that searching the scriptures is better than searching for silver and gold. And when we are obedient to the word of God, when we read it with the heart to do it, there's so much that we gain. And if you are struggling with contentment, do your research. Find out what the Bible says about it, and you'll find the help that you need. You'll find the grace for your time of need. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.